Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Stephen Roman, who's the CEO of Global Atomic, a junior miner in Canada. We discuss their JV in Turkey and the cash flow contributions from that. We also look at the development of their mine plan and optimization for 2020. Plus, we discuss terrorist incursions into West African states and how that may impact our business. Hi, Stephen. How are you, sir? Matthew, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Not bad. Well, we thought we'd get in touch for a you know, end of year roundup and also maybe look into what's happening next year. Uh, so, if you, so if you don't mind, can, I'm going to get straight into it because I know you're short of time uh, at, at your end. Um, first thing is I, we saw that you guys were in uh, Turkey recently um, with the board. Uh, and obviously, you know, we'd love to know how things are going there. Yeah, so the uh, the board, uh, we had a, a meeting in Turkey uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we brought everyone there to uh, have a, a grand opening celebration at our new plant. Uh, so that has now been fully commissioned and it's uh, running at capacity currently. So we, uh, of course, were stockpiling feedstock during the time the plant was uh, being constructed and it's running at uh, 15 tons an hour currently. So everything is moving well there, and we expect uh, that project will be basically paid out next year. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, it's, it's running very well, providing an excellent uh, revenue stream already this year. Well, I think, well, that, I mean, that's, that seems to be the difference. So I look at some of your uranium peers, because you have a uranium component to this, you're not getting beaten up like like they are. So I think people appreciate that model. Because um, if, if, if I read back, if history, you, you, I mean, you did get a bit of stick for uh, even thinking about putting that plan together, didn't you? Yeah, initially there was uh, some uh, people that were wondering about putting a zinc project in with a uranium project. And at the end of the day, we, uh, we had a shareholders meeting of both companies that we did uh, uh, fairness opinions, uh, valuations, the whole thing. And, uh, and the shareholders at the end of the day decided, hey, it's, it's a good model. Uh, we've got a, a billion dollar asset uh, potentially on one side and we have a cash flowing uranium or a zinc uh, project on the other side. So uh, given the market conditions for uranium right now, it, it's a great thing to utilize some of that cash flow to move that project ahead. And just remind me, so what, what's uh, that going to be worth to you in terms of cash flow once this is up and running and the, the new plant is paid for? Uh, well, in 2018, our EBITDA from our old plant, that was a 60,000 ton a year plant, was 13 million, our share, USD, uh, with about 10 million profits. Uh, so this this new plant would, should double that. So we're going from about uh, 30 million pounds of production annually to 60 million pounds annually. And uh, of course, uh, we have a joint venture partner and we have 49%, they have 51%. So our share, you know, should be double effectively. So 20 million uh, profit annually is expected. Okay, that's that's a nice contribution. Okay, um, let's say it's... it's I, I like this story and I like that model um, a lot. Um, let's say, let's talk about moving forward. 
You have talked in the past about how you're going to move the um, Niger project forward. Um, I know you've been looking at different options, certainly in terms of optim optimization around the, the, the mine plan itself. I mean, how's that going? Are you getting anywhere near some decision? Yeah, so during uh, 2019, we did uh, a lot of uh, trade-off studies. So we looked at uh, large-scale underground. We looked at uh, large-scale open pit, small-scale open pit. Uh, and uh, what we've settled on right now is a, a very high-grade, uh, low-capex uh, underground option using a ramp. Mm. Uh, so we will be um, doing our feasibility work based on that model. As you may know, and will remind everyone, is that uh, we, with money actually that uh, we generated through our zinc operation, we did about uh, six to eight million dollars worth of drilling and further enhancement of the whole DASA deposit, mm. and really uh, defined an area we call the flank zone. So this flank zone comes to about 40 meters below surface, so near surface, uh, very high grade. Uh, deposit uh, that is sort of the, the the tip of the whole DASA deposit but luckily for us and it comes close to surface it's easily accessible via a ramp uh, so we've now laid out a mine plan for that and we should have more news out uh, towards the end of January just prior to Indaba that we can talk about uh, economics at current uranium prices so, uh, you know, that in association with our MOU we have with Orano, potential trucking options up the road of, of high-grade material uh, could kick this, this project off, uh, even in the current situation as far as uranium prices. Okay, so let me make sure I understand that. So you're, you're saying that the Western flank has high enough grade ores, I would, you obviously don't know in what quantity, to allow you to kind of get things going at today's spot price is that what you telling me that's that's right wow. that's right and okay. actually uh you know we we have about 40 million pounds available with that first phase one mining operation right so uh there there's a large uh you know effectively deposit sitting there above the entire dasa project the, the dasa deposit so as a phase one you know, and I don't want to uh, put out any any numbers at the moment, but uh, suffice to say that it'll be a, at least a 10-year mine life in phase one uh, before you get into the main heart of the deposit. Okay, so and rem remind me what type of grades were indicatively you're talking about in that western flank because i know you have some data and you have released some data but just remind me yeah it's a let, let's say about an average of five thousand ppm so uh about uh let's okay. say 10 to 12 pounds per ton okay thank you i'll be doing some maths with that okay uh <laughs> um that that's very meaningful. Okay, I, I hadn't appreciated that's 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 quite exciting. Um, okay, and, and so what, and what else? When you when it comes to January, you're saying you're, before and Darba, uh, you're going to be able to tell us a little bit more around the economics. You are you talking about a a full feasibility there, or is it enhanced PEA? I mean, what are we talking about? 
Well, the January report will be like a scoping study or an enhanced right. PEA that we just want to release some numbers to the market. But right. with that base, then we will put all the work together to complete the feasibility in order to uh, submit that to the government. Got it. Uh, by Q3 in 2020, uh, along with our environmental impact statement. And, and with that, we will be able to get our, our mining license okay so uh, you know we're scheduling to have all of that done during 2020 that's an, an accelerated time zone okay time frame that's again again that's 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 good news okay uh appreciated that um well like i guess we'll wait until pre pre and darba maybe we could catch up again just before you you head off to south africa cape town for that um one one last thing because i and i appreciate you've got you've got time constraints um is we've been reading a lot of news about what's going on with companies like Semafo in the the West Africa in the Sahil region with ISIS with IGS etc. These incursions from into uh, Burkina Faso, uh, Benin, Togo, Ghana, even Mali, you know, Mali etc. And that's that's going to start affecting some of these gold companies. Uh, in those countries, and some of the governments, you know, are talking and talks with the the French and the U.S. and the U.N. etc. Is that going to imp- impact you guys at all? Is there any threat of it impacting your business? Well, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, it's it's a uh, it's a concern for investors uh, in West Africa. All of this uh, craziness going on with the terrorism. Um, Niger is a little bit different. So Niger has a very secure border. Uh, we also have a, a number of U.S. military bases in Niger, as well as French military bases. We, we happen to have in the Timur-Soy Basin, which is located about a thousand kilometers from any border. So we're right in the center of the country. Uh, most of the activity is happening on the border regions between Burkina, Ma- uh, Mali, and, and Niger. So we're far, far away from that. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, we have these two bases, a, an American base to the south, a French base to the north. So they, you know, they're clearly very keen on protecting the uranium operations in the country. Uh, so Niger has a very uh, solid uh, association with the West, and uh, they recently joined the UN Security Council. Mm. Uh, President Isufu is uh, is involved with that, and uh, a lot of uh, Western influence there on a security point of view. So, okay. whereas Mali and uh, Burkina are a little bit uh, more uh, loose, I would say from a security point of view, Niger is very solid. Yeah, no, we yeah we, we we thought that when we were reading it because we weren't seeing there's well there's not a lot of gold mines in Niger. Uh, no. there are in those other countries, and they're I guess easier to take control of. And plus, I guess uranium is a strategic asset for France and the U.S. Um, and it's very hard to uh, sell that into enrichment facilities, I guess, as well. So it really isn't that attractive for groups like that. Okay. Now that, that 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 makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. But, um, Stephen, I appreciate your time. Um, I'll let you dash, and please give us a call before you hit Andaba and give us that hopefully good news. Okay, Matthews, sounds good. I look forward to speaking speaking with you soon. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? 
or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.